Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we quiet our hearts. We look for an opportunity to meet you this morning. Lord, I ask that you would take those things of the week away, that you would give us your peace, your patience, your ability to love, ears to hear. That we would get real this morning in our relationship with you. As we sit around the table, we'll be reminded of that sacrifice. As we sing your praise, we're reminded how good and mighty and powerful a God you are. We're reminded that you loved us long before we loved you. Your scripture says we were still enemies of the cross, and you loved us. And Lord, if we're honest, we're not good that way. We're not good at not being enemies to our enemies. You loved us while we were enemies, while we hated you. You loved us. May we hear that this morning and be reminded of that love. May we recognize the unity that we have in our faith. Stand beside each other, leaning on each other, encouraging each other, strengthening each other. For Lord, we look at Ezra and that's what Ezra's job was to do, was to gather up the people, to put them in the right spots, to rebuild this temple and to make it function like a temple should function. His job was challenging and yet he took it head on. Lord, may we be people who take those things that you have put in front of us head on. Thank you for your word. Lord, it's powerful. It's powerful into our lives, especially if we allow it to come in and to be a part of our life. Lord, make it real to us today as we read it, like it happened yesterday. We give you the honor and the praise. In your name we pray. Amen. If you weren't here last week, you, I'll remind you that uh, we didn't make it through chapter 7. So we decided we'd go chapter 7b. <laughs> uh, there was just too much good stuff. But I want to read to you the scripture. Um, it's amazing how confidence the confidence monitor is when you have it. And when it doesn't work today, it's, there's something wrong. I, don't, I think there's a wire not working. But the chapter is uh, Ezra chapter 7, verses 13 through 20, and then 25 through 28. Just so you, this is the, uh, the note, the letter that uh, Artaxerxes would send uh, to go with Ezra. It says, Now I decree that any of the Israelites in my kingdom, including priests and Levites who volunteer to go to Jerusalem with you, may go. You are sent by the king and his seven 
advisors to inquire about Judah and Jerusalem with regard to the law of your God, which is in your hand. Moreover, you are to take with you the silver and the gold that the king and his advisors have freely given to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem, together with all the silver and gold you may obtain from the providence of Babylon, as well as the freewill offerings from the people, the priests for the temple of their God in Jerusalem. With this money, be sure to buy bulls and rams and male lambs together with the grain offerings and drink offerings and sacrifice them on the altar of the temple of your God in Jerusalem. You and your fellow fellow Israelites may then do whatever seems best with the rest of the silver and gold in accordance with the will of your God. Deliver to the God of Jerusalem all the articles entrusted to you in worship for worship in the temple of your God. And anything else needed for the temple of your God that you are responsible to supply, you may provide from the royal treasury. Verse 25. And you, Ezra, in accordance with the wisdom of your God which you possess, appoint magistrates and judges to administer justice to all the people of the trans-Euphrates, all who know the laws of your God and who are able to teach any who do not know them. Whoever does not obey the law of, the, of your God and the law of the king must surely be punished to death, banishment, confiscation, and property, or imprisonment. Praise be to the Lord, our God, the God of our ancestors, who has put into this king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in this way, and who has extended his good favor to me before the king and the advisors and all the king's powerful officials. Because the hand of the Lord, my God, was on me, I took courage and gathered leaders from Israel to go up with me. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing and prepare our hearts. Not just be a song, but our prayer. That our eyes would focus in the areas that you would have us to focus. you would be our vision in this world. That means there'll be some things that we need not see anymore. Or things we need to turn away from. There needs to be things that we focus on and things we don't focus on. Lord, may you be those eyes to our life. Because the lifeblood comes from you. Lord, we ask for your wisdom this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Except you, Lou. You can't be seated. You have to go. So I have an honest, I have a, a question that I honestly want some feedback on. Anybody like to get some honest feedback? I know. It only hurts for a little while. Someone, someone, wise, someone wise once told me it feels so much better when it quits hurting. I don't remember who that was. <laughs> is there a, is there one in Proverbs that says the blows of a friend that 
Yeah, I'd rather be stabbed in the eye than in the back, right? That's a, that's, that's a song that came from a proverb, but it's not. <laughs> so countdown timers. I'm curious if you think much about countdown timers. Rude. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Let me know. I'll send it to you early, all right? <laughs> Countdown timers. Do you, do, you, do you ever think about why we get what we get? What's up there? Does it ever dawn on you why there's a countdown timer and why it is what it is? And Sometimes, yeah, okay. And sometimes we're in our little la-la land and we're just happy to make it into a spot on time, ready to go by 8.30-ish. I just need you to know this, um, because I was thinking about this morning. There's never a countdown timer that doesn't have a reason behind it. There's always something, hopefully, that will pique your interest in some way, shape, or form. I realize that there's no way that we can pick the right song or the right countdown or the right video or the right, that everyone would be interested in. Um, hopefully you see that we kind of jump around all over the place looking for things that try to connect, looking for things to um, try to pique an interest, maybe rem- uh, a memory. Does anyone remember that song? That's an old, it's old. Uh, it's old like me old. Ray Boltz. Uh, powerful song if you took the time to listen to the words. Because in, in my mind, when I hear that song, I can't help but think of my grandma. I can't help but think of those Sunday school teachers who made a difference. Um, some Sunday school teachers, I'm sure, uh, would probably uh, be blown away that I didn't turn out really, really bad. Or all bad, I guess. <laughs> I can remember those Sunday school teachers when I was just a little kid. And they were loving and caring and made sure that I was taken care of and showed God's love so many years ago. My grandma, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I always think, I don't know what she saw in me, but she cared one way or another. And we have those people in our lives, right? We know those saints, those people who have come before us and who have made a difference in our life. And I guarantee you one thing, that if I were to ask everyone, or even if I passed a piece of paper around and I said, I want you to, everyone to write someone who had an impact on your faith in your life, you would be able to take that one person, right? And there might be more than one, but if I were to ask everyone uh, uh, to put one name on there of one person who made an impact in your faith walk, you could find that person. And if you didn't, I'm a bit scared. Right, Because we know that God uses people in and around us in some really powerful ways and not always like big showy. And the funny part is it's very rarely the pastor, right? It's not like some pastors are, yeah. But, but a lot of times it's not like in my mind, it's not like all the pastors I had in my life. It's not like one, two, three, and four. And then it's not at all. It's, a, it's those people who had faith, who lived their faith, who walked it out day in, day out, showed me what faith should look like in my own life. Those are the people that stick out. And that's why I played that song, because 
This guy Ezra, remember last week we started talking about Ezra. He was a scribe, and if you remember from last week, we jokingly said he was just a scribe. He was just a copier in some ways. And yet, Ezra had a very big impact on God's people at this time. So much so that a lot of uh, people say, this is a moment in church history, in the Israelites' history, when the idea of a scribe changed very much so. The job description changed from just being someone who made copies of the scrolls and made sure that they wrote them down the right way and the right order, and it changed in a very big way because you remember what uh, Ezra, sorry, oh, guess what? <laughs> this is going to be awkward. <laughs> and this is funny. I don't have any confidence. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> if you didn't understand, what, there's a confidence monitor. That's the TV, right? That's the confidence for me to be able to see what I'm pushing the button. Well, it's not working today, so <laughs> we have no confidence in that monitor. <laughs> We remember from last week that Ezra studied God's word. He practiced it, and then he taught it. That's from Ezra 7.10. He, he didn't just write it down, but rather he absorbed what God had for him. And people noticed the difference. So much so that the king Artaxerxes noticed the difference. He stood out among his peers. Not because he was a genius. Not because he was in high stature. Not because he was the best looking guy in the world. It was because he studied God's word. He absorbed it into his life. He practiced it and he taught it. Obviously he had a, a track record of being able to take God's word and teach others and to live that as a good example. And so when, he had, when the time came for Artaxerxes to send someone to be in charge, they sent Ezra. Not the guy you would probably would have, probably not the most high-ranking uh, Israelite of the day. But someone who had faith and walked that faith and so God put him in that spot. And then he sets the stage. He sets the stage for Ezra to go. Did you, did you realize that there was really a no-lose proposition here? Ezra gets the message, I want you to go, and I want you to take uh, all the people who want to go. Whoever wants to go can go. Mind you, um, what is it, 100 plus years before this, they had been captives they were taken captive, slaves per se, uh, into the town. And now they're being given this free reign to go back, to go home. Kind of like, go be missionaries, but in your own land. Right? Go be missionaries in your own land. These people are going to go home and work and grow their faith in, this, in Jerusalem back to where they were. They're supposed to go. I don't know if you've noticed, but I feel like life uh, for a lot of us in a lot of ways has been on pause. Has it not? 
Do you feel that? Do you feel that going on in this life? I, what I've noticed in the last nine months is this. Everything has an asterisk next to it. I'm going to do this if. I'm going to do this if. It's like the idea that um, because it's COVID and an election year and all these things in life have come to this screeching halt and we're kind of like holding our breath and waiting. What's going to happen? And guess what? I think we're doing that with our faith in some ways. We're like, we might start this program, but let's wait and see what happens. We'll see how that goes. I think we're doing it in our own faith. In some ways, we're doing that with our own faith. We're not reaching out. We're not stretching. We're not challenging ourselves to grow in our faith because we're waiting to see what's going to happen. And here's my concern with that. That there will continue to be obstacles that will look like COVID. It will look like an election year. It will look like life in general. It will be a broken arm or a broken leg or a heart procedure. It will be something that will be an obstacle in our life. It will be a bad relationship, something broken. There will always be obstacles in our life. And when we hit the pause button... I'm a bit concerned about where our faith is. At some point, church, we have to get back to doing our things. I'm excited for this week. I don't know what Wednesday night's going to look like, but if it's anything like Sunday morning, Sunday school has been in the past two weeks, I'm excited. We were down 10 or 12 the first week and about uh, 10 or 15 numbers-wise um, last week. That was a blessing that's exciting to me. I hope that's exciting to you. It's exciting to see us begin to get back to doing what God has put in front of us. It felt normal to go to Sunday school. And I liked it. I don't know if you watch much of the Ninja Warrior. I don't really watch a lot of it, but it happened to be Friday night. I think it was Friday night we turned it on and I was watching. Uh, there's, this, there's an obstacle. If you don't watch it, you're like, what the heck? But I like obstacle course racing, and I think it's pretty cool to watch people uh, do some crazy things. And so there's this one obstacle where you have to jump onto one swinging thing and then jump onto another swinging thing. And, and the key to it, then you have to jump off of that onto a, uh, a platform. But the key to the whole thing is this. You have to get enough momentum off the first one to get to the second one to get off. Otherwise, what happens is you jump on the first one and it swings and then you jump on the second one. If you're not swinging and you don't have enough uh, momentum, it's, design, it's heavy enough that it just stops. And so you're like stuck on an island. And it's like, I don't know, probably 12 feet to jump. And so swinging, it's only about 8 feet and you can make it. But not swinging, you're standing there. And we, as we were watching, we were just kind of talking and watching. Uh, a few people didn't have enough, either enough, enough body uh, weight size to get it moving, or it stopped on them. And so they, they got onto this thing, and it went, and then they're stuck. And they're like, Egh. and they try to make the jump, and of course there's water underneath, and they, they're done, right? 
And so I'm, I'm like, wait, this, this is terrible. No one's ever going to get past this obstacle unless you got to keep moving, for one. Or the, and then this other guy, this guy comes up, and he's a, like a 12-year, he's done it for 12 years in a row. And he stops. He doesn't, he's not a big enough guy to keep it moving, and so it stops, and then he's stuck. And I'm like, well, this dude's about to get wet. <laughs> and he did something so far out of the box that I didn't even, I never saw it coming. It was one of those, like, I never saw it coming. He decides he's going to climb up the thing. And he climbs probably about 10 feet up. Now, mind you, he still has to jump. But what he did was he climbed far enough up that he could get, he could jump out far enough that he could land on the cushion and made it. It was the first guy, we had watched a bunch of people fail. And this was the first guy who did something out of the box. He did something that was a little bit different to make it happen. I tell you that because we, as a church, are beginning to put things back into place. And I just called Community of Caring last week. I'm trying to think of my days. Uh, I called Community of Caring last week. And you may remember, and some of you, a lot of you, have done uh, Thanksgiving dinners with, uh, with the homeless shelter. We've done Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter for a lot of years, probably 20 years. And I called down there, and I'm like, okay, so can we do... Thanksgiving? Let me call you back. Uh, I don't like that answer because I usually know what that means. They call me back. We're going to be able to do Thanksgiving. We're going to do takeout. And I thought, that's a cool obstacle that we just overcame. And so I tell you that because I want to prepare you for a couple things. So that means I got to talk to another friend of mine who is a manager at a store who donates the turkeys every year. You may remember that the week before, we always have fresh turkeys, or uh, frozen turkeys, uh, that need to be cooked to take down to the community of caring. And so I want to put that out in front of you because we're going to get 10 turkeys that need cooked, and we're going to need people to cook down there and to put together plates and to however it works out to offer takeout Thanksgiving dinner for the homeless in Erie. And I put that in front of you for a reason, because I think we need to be, have those things out there where God is allowing us to think about what we can do ministry-wise in very practical ways. Now, it's not being able to sit down and do the things we always do, and yet it's an opportunity for us to minister uh, in a different way. And so I encourage you to pray about that opportunity. If you might fit in that uh, mix somehow. I don't know if you noticed, but God supplied all the needs of his people. Did you catch that? And he supplied it with a pagan king. That's a pretty cool idea, right? He supplied it with a pagan king who said, obviously this God is real and we're going to appease him. And he supplied everything. It says, take all the silver and the gold and oops, I want to pat, uh, and whatever seems good to you and your brothers, do with the rest of the silver and gold. They give them all this financing, this funding. He says, take it and do what God has you to do with it. Probably one of the things that I'm m- most frustrated in myself with and I, and I I'm challenged by this, and 
Thanksgiving's coming. Did you know that? Thanksgiving's coming. I ha- when I ask myself if my needs are being met, and then am I thankful for the, my needs being met, I really struggle with that. I struggle to just accept that my needs are being met. So much more than being met is the reality. But I have the clothes on my back and water and a house and food. And I can't tell you the last time I've ever been concerned. Complete honesty. When's the last time we've been concerned about any one of those things? I'm not going to have another meal. I don't have a place to live. I don't have water and I don't have any clothes. When's the last time that you actually said, yep, I was worried about at least one of those, maybe two or three of them? On Friday? Ah. Ah. But I have water, so you didn't have to worry. And I'd offer. Reality is, our needs are being met by God on a daily basis. And so much more then we realize. Just like Ezra was going to go out, you know what the problem, you know what Ezra's problem was? And we'll see a little bit of that next week. You know what his biggest fear was? He's taking all this money. He doesn't have a debit card to take with him. He has to travel with all this money, this gold and silver, all these things, and they're going to have to go uh, to Jerusalem with all this stuff, and he's afraid. He ends up being afraid because he realizes there's a good chance they might get attacked someone might rob them the police didn't exist and in fact in chapter eight sneak preview for next week he says i'm ashamed i was so ashamed i didn't want to ask the king for an army to go with me he said i didn't want to take a contingent with me i wanted to but i was ashamed to ask that and so what did i do i fasted and i prayed to my god that he would protect us that's for next week I want to tell you about another project we have going. So my buddy at COC, that's uh, John Youngworth, if you don't know him, he's a pastor in Harbor Creek. Um, they were on the news about two weeks ago, and it said they had some needs. And so I uh, got a text, and I had watched the news the same night, got a text from someone who said, hey, what can we do to help COC? Because this person had been down to, to Thanksgiving dinner. And so I said, let me call tomorrow. Let's find out what's going on. What is a need? Is it a financial need? Is it a... Uh, food need, what is the need, and we'll sort that out and see what we can uh, figure out. And I call, and you know what he, uh, my buddy John says? He says, you know what we need? We need blankets. I said, blankets? He said, we need blankets. We don't have enough blankets to supply the needs of the people who are staying at the shelter, and I assume that means that they're, they're also giving out blankets to the homeless who aren't staying at the shelter. And I said, so tell me what you need. He said, I need as many blankets as you can get me. I said, they don't have to be new, do they? He said, "Uh, no. He said, gently used is nice. But he said, if you can get me some blankets. And I said, so how many do you want? (laughs) He's like, there's no top end. (laughs) He said, we will definitely use them. And if we don't use them now, we'll put them in storage because they have a building and we'll use them as they are. There is a need. And so I spent about two minutes at my house and I realized that I have enough blankets to, feed an, to cover an army for two of us and two dogs. And I'm willing to bet that most of you have the same situation going on. 
And so I want to encourage you that if you would like to donate some blankets, we're going to put them underneath the uh, coat rack for just a couple weeks for October. I'm going to take them down by the end of October. Uh, but if you have some you want to offer to uh, Community of Caring and the Homeless of Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, please bring those in in the next week or two. Put them, if you could put them in garbage bags, that'd be great. That would just keep it, make it easier for us to haul them down. Um, but there is a need in our area for, uh, for blankets for the homeless. And so I want to encourage you to spend some time uh, cleaning out the extra, the excess. It might help you remember, remind yourself that uh, you have a whole lot more than you need. See, because there's a real big difference between our wants and our needs. And I have, a, I have a way to test it. And you might laugh, but I think it's legit. You want to know how, if there needs or wants, get on your Amazon account. And you don't have one, Ken? Oh, someone, would you like to see mine? Okay, Veronica has one. That's good. And go back six months and see what you bought in the last six months. Ask yourself this, did I need that or did I want that? I'd be willing to bet, myself included, this is how I found out. I was looking at my own six-month account. I'm like, well, I didn't need that. <laughs> I thought I needed it that day, and I didn't need it that day. God has supplied all of our needs, not our wants. And when we get to the end of this chapter, um, there's a really cool line on verse, um, verse 28b. It says this, Because the hand of the Lord of my God was on me, I took courage and gathered the leaders from Israel to go up with me. Because the hand of the Lord my God was on me, I took courage. You know, Ezra was taking on a humongous project. Logistical nightmare in one way. That makes my head hurt. Some of you guys like that stuff. That makes my head hurt. Logistics are rough for me. I, like, I just want to get from A to Z. I don't really want to know all the pieces parts. He took on this massive project. Think about putting all these people together. All the finances together. This caravan that would haul people back to Jerusalem. I think we said earlier it was from... Erie to Georgia, right? That's a haul. I don't remember the mileage. It was a haul. And goodness, what a project it was put out in front of him. And we see these little projects God puts in front of us, and we're like, I don't think I can commit to teaching for a month. I don't think I can come to Wednesday night because I might have something going that night. And uh, Work day? Really? On a Saturday? We should have it on Sunday. Everybody's already here. So that was a plug. October 24th, we're having work day. Begins at 8 o'clock, and here's what happens. A lot of times, it's a small portion of the group who comes. I, I would encourage you that if it were only work at work day, I wouldn't come either. There's a lot of fellowship that happens at workday. A lot of time, I don't like picking up leaves, but picking up leaves with Polly is fun because he's got a new way to pick them up. We put them in this big tarp. Remember that year, Polly? We, <laughs> we filled the tarp full 
And then we drug the tarp into the weeds. And then we had fun somehow picking up leaves because I don't like picking up leaves. I encourage you to be involved in some things that are coming up. Or asking God where he would have you to be. Take courage. The door is open. See, the door God has put in front of us, opportunities. And this is what I've noticed in my own life. If the door is open, I want to step through it. If God closes that door, then you know it wasn't to be. And I just keep walking through doors until he closes them in my face. Mind you, I have had some stories. We don't have time for them today, but I've had some stories where that door has been slammed on my head. And I guess what? It hurt. There have been, uh, in the last couple weeks, I heard about uh, a handful of people who are starting out new Bible studies uh, in our among, amongst our group. Uh, new studies, um, the healing journey, uh, there's, a, there's a men's group and a, a female's group uh, of healing journey people. And I just want to say to those people, I am proud of you for doing that. I am proud of you for stepping out and doing what God has put in front of you. For hearing that Taking the courage to do what God has placed in front of you has pricked your heart and encouraged you to think about and to challenge where you are in your faith. I want to encourage you to keep moving forward. For those of you who are doing that, I am proud of you. I'd love to put a list so we all could pray for those people, but that wouldn't be cool. Um, that's one, not HIPAA compliant. Two, uh, not okay. But I will ask you, do you pray for those people who have jumped into new Bible studies, who are preparing to come to Thursday morning, who are going to come to Wednesday night, maybe never have before? I see God working in and amongst us, and he's stirring the heart of his people, maybe in a different way than we've ever seen before. He's stirring the heart of his people. We've seen it in Scripture before, and we'll see it again. I want to show you that. Remember that passage? It was in Galatians 3, 26, 27, and 28. That's not the one I want. Come on, there it is. This is the verse I wanted for communion, and I forgot. There's nor, nor Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one when we're one in Christ Jesus. There's unity in our faith. And church, I want to encourage you to be unified, to take that extra step to work together. I'm notoriously bad at being critical and critical to myself, critical to others, get frustrated and saying or acting or thinking things that I know I shouldn't say. And God has really reminded me this week that I need to work on being unified with other believers in the faith. We need to get back to work, but if we're not going to be unified, it's not going to work very well. I need to quit finding things that are wrong and begin to find things that are right. God has blessed us in some mighty ways. So I want to take you to the last slide. Follower of Christ. The stage has been set.
God has supplied us all our needs. And he tells us to take courage and to step out. Step out and allow him to work in your life. I'm so excited to hear that there are people stepping out. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word today. I thank you for our our brother Ezra, who, Lord, stepped out in faith to take on this new project. Lord, I don't, it doesn't tell us how it went, but we can only assume that he was doing the job that God had called him to, and this came out in front, and Lord, he took the step of faith and did what you had called him to. Lord, I pray for those this morning who need to take a step of faith, who, Lord, need to make a step in the right direction, who have been called and who are reminded and have been challenged that what they're, where they're at now isn't uh, comfortable. It's not where you want them to be. And so, Lord, I pray for them this morning. Lord, I pray for anyone who hasn't begun a relationship with you. They may know who you are. They may know that you died on the cross. But it makes no difference in their life. When they look at their life, they can't see anything different because of Jesus. And so, Lord, I ask that you would challenge them to allow you to come in and change their heart. To allow them... Lord, to recognize the need that they have. That it's not a cerebral understanding of who you are. It's not in our minds, but it's allowing you in to our lives. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen.